0: Well, the days are going fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of Buddycast, Nick Sorensen. Happy Sunday, buddies! It's time for another episode of Buddycast. I sure wonder about the interesting theme song you were gonna hear in a minute there. But um, <laughs> my name is Nick <laughs> Sorensen, host of Buddycast, and joining me today is a very special buddy, a good buddy of mine. Michael Misko, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm all right. I'm all right, my friend. How are you?
0: Doing fantastic. Happy to have you on the show, finally. Can I'm happy to
1: be here, finally. Happy to, happy to be here.
0: For those who don't know, Michael is an astounding magician. I've seen him plenty of times at our local comedy club and magic club. He's just a great guy. He always just willing to say hi to people at the end of the show, which is how we met. So That's right. I got I to start from the beginning, buddy. What led your interest into magic?
1: Well, uh, my grandfather um, had a marble egg that he got from a friend of his in the service and he kept it in the drawer next to the table. A drawer uh, drawer of the table next to his chair. And every time he would come over, I would come over, he would pull it out and we would play magic. Sometimes he would take it and he would make it disappear and he would pull it out from behind my ear or uh, my favorite one was he would swallow it. You know, and then he would uh, pull it out of his own belly button, which I thought was incredible. Mind blown when you're six years old, let me tell you. And uh, I would take the egg, put it behind my back, shove it into my back and I go, look, Pap, the egg's gone. You know, he'd mm-hmm. always act so impressed. But uh, when he passed away, my grandmother gave me the egg and told me to keep it. And she said, you go home and you practice so you could be just like your Pap. So I did. And I learned how to do the trick with the egg. But it's not called the trick with the egg it's just it was a coin trick that he did with the egg um but so so in in trying to learn that trick i uh learned a bunch of other tricks and then so on and so forth and i ended up getting into uh, theater i went to school for musical theater performance and then after i got out of theater it's sort of they the two the two paths collided and here
0: we are beautiful story I like how you may have similar stories you know with our grandfather's being that role model being that person that got us interested in our career
1: you know sure sure yeah it was uh it was it was interesting He's, he never got to both of my grandfathers were uh very influential because my my mom's dad is the one that had the egg and got sort of inspired me my dad's dad uh is the one that bore the brunt of all the practice. <laughs> my 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 dad's dad saw me do a lot of really really bad magic for a long time <laughs> and he never and he never complained not once so that's what grandfather's are for you know yeah so that's it I mean that's it in a nutshell
0: mm-hmm. now minus the egg you know moving forward do you remember the early stages of your magic career? Do you remember like your first show first successful trick all that fun stuff?
1: Uh, yes I do. I remember I remember the very first remember the very first time I took a trip to a magic shop. We have a magic shop here in Pittsburgh or we had a magic shop here in Pittsburgh called The Cuckoo's Nest and it was like walking into the mecca. It was like oh my god because this was back before we didn't have the internet the internet was newish. We certainly didn't have Facebook. I couldn't just go to a website and easily find things i mean i had to look it up in the yellow pages you know yeah. um and i i went to the magic shop my mom's best friend took me there for my birthday she said i could spend 50 dollars. and Ooh. i yeah and i was like oh my god what do i do i it was like it was operation overload i had too much there's too much coming in i didn't know what to do but i knew that what i saw i liked and i liked all of it um, even the stuff that was bad, because of course at that point I didn't know the difference between good or bad magic, um, and oh my goodness, it was just—it was something else. It was like, it was cool. I mean, and I, I I I worked at that magic shop several years later, and I know the look on my face. I wore, I, I sold magic to that kid, and <laughs> it it was a thing. My mom's friend Susan was like. Michael, we have been here for three hours. We have got to go <laughs> um, and uh, uh but so that was you know that was like me getting the first real magic stuff that I had but um, I remember my very first show. I was twelve years old, and I went to it was a uh the it was a lady that that did our hair. Growing up, the lady that cut my mom, my every everyone's hair in the family. And she had a a little boy and it was his birthday. I think it was his fifth birthday. I was 12. So it was his fifth birthday. And um, I did literally every single trick that I knew how to do. I think I did magic. And you have to remember, it was for five year olds. I think I did magic for maybe two hours. That's a lot of magic for an adult audience. Let alone 5-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Let alone 5-year-olds when you are not a professional children's entertainer. <laughs> and I made $40. Ooh. Yep, 40 bucks. Sweetness. I did every trick in the book. So, that was it. That was the That was the first, first show.
0: Mm hmm. Now, what about some of your magic role models? Who are some magicians that you really look up to or aspire to? Oh, man. To?
1: Um, well, one of my, one of my best friends in the business is Doc Dixon. Um, and he, in fact, he was just at Keller's this yep, weekend. just this weekend. Um, and he, um, I always tell this story and he always thinks that I make, <laughs> he says that I make him more of a, uh, of a Damon Runyon-esque villain every time I tell it. But when I was, uh, growing up, I was about 14 or 15 years old and I worked at the greater Pittsburgh Renaissance festival and I was the court jester and doc was there and I saw him and I knew that he was a professional and I watched his show all the time. And it took me a couple weeks to, to, um, gain the, uh, gain the, the courage to go and talk to him and say that I did magic. And, you know, I asked him a couple things about, I asked him a couple things about, uh, magic and he said that he would he said well here i'll show it to you but you're gonna have to go work on it and he showed me a a pretty difficult card move um and a week later i came back and i said hey doc i think i got it and he was like come here show it to me and i showed it to him and he's like kid (laughs) kid with his mustache i've been doing this for 30 years I've been doing this for twenty years. You, uh, you didn't just ma and I don't even do this move right. You didn't just master it in a week. Go back, put your nose in a book, and we'll talk in six months. And you know, to him, that sounds hard. That sounds that sounds like a harsh retelling of. Geez, I hope I was more, I was uh-huh. more g- gracious to this kid. But for me, it's everything that I needed. I needed, I needed a professional that I admired and respected. And I didn't even know at that point why I admired and respected what he did. I just knew that he was funny. He was making people laugh, needed good magic. And mm-hmm. I needed someone like that to basically say, put your nose in a book, get to work. And I yeah. did. And so when I retell that story, he always kind of rolls his eyes. But, and now we're, he's one of my very best friends now, But he, um, which is kind of surreal to me. You know, he'll call me and ask for advice on something, or I'll call him and ask for advice. But the fact that he's asking for my advice at this point it's like, what world am I living in? Because I still, in many respects, idolize the man that I that I met 20 years ago now. And mm-hmm. um and so he is he is a, a very big role model for me. And when I say big, I don't mean just because he's six three, but um mm-hmm because he, he's he, he he towers over me um but uh i uh he 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 works clean he's very funny he's all entertainment based other people that you might be familiar with harry anderson uh, is a big influence on me uh he was if you saw cheers he's harry the hat on cheers or uh, uh-huh. judge harry stone on night court um just a brilliant brilliant comedy magic mind and and a lot of times you get guys that will are really funny and then sort of do prop comedy along with it. And then you get guys that are really talented magicians, but they can't work the funny. In. And Harry was just a genius at both of them. Um, another, another, really another, I wouldn't say it was so much an inspiration, but, but was more like a um, just a really good guy to, to watch and was uh, the amazing Jonathan who we just lost. He just passed Uh away a couple weeks ago. And but he was just so he he broke every rule. He broke all the rules and didn't care and uh, and said, it's okay to do this. And he was right. And he got laughs and um, other inspirations, I would say um, there there are some there are some bar magicians. In fact, right over my shoulder here is uh, there it is. Uh, get it right but out there um that's tom Malika, uh dearly departed um he was probably the greatest bar magician that ever lived there's a couple other bar magicians at keller's you know when i work keller's other venues as well but when i work keller's i work behind the bar on occasion uh generally after the show uh you'll see me back there harassing a crowd uh tom Malika is the probably was the greatest exponent of bar magic uh, and if if he wasn't the greatest, he was in in very good company with Bob Sheets and Doc Eason, who are still alive. Um, both of whom are absolutely exceptional bar bar magic entertainers. The the world of bar magic is entirely different than the world of even even than the world of comedy magic, because the rules are different behind the bar. Uh-huh. You know, the bar is a position of power. Everyone wants to be friends with the bartender. You know, I can talk to the bartender and I can get you a drink. I can get me a drink. All I have to do is, Hey, could you, I can, I know the bartender, I can open the refrigerator and get my own drink. You know, like it's, it's an interesting position and the whole, but the whole, the whole commercial aspect of bar magic is completely different as well. I've been behind the bar performing and I, have gone 15 minutes without doing a trick, but I've been entertained the entire time. You know, I've been holding court as it were. Um, and so I would say those guys, there are some other guys Um, I'm looking at my bookshelf, seeing who jogs my memory. Um, uh, you know, there's, there are some, you know, I was, I was, I was actually, I was actually inspired a lot by, um, man, I'm just looking at this bookshelf and realizing that there are a lot of books that I still haven't read. (laughs) boy, there's so much on my shelf that I haven't read. Um, you know, Harry and, uh, Harry Lorraine is a a very old gentleman now, but he is still with us. He created a lot of card magic and a lot of card magic with ungimmicked decks. And, um, you know, he he wrote a book called Close-Up Card Magic. And it is, uh, I mean, the book is from the 60s, I think. And so much of it is still relevant to this day. But those are some, you know, some names.
0: Beautiful. Now you mentioned bar magic, comedy magic. What are some forms of magic that you specialize in or you
1: tend to like lean towards
0: during your acts.
1: Definitely comedy. I lean hard into the comedy. Uh, there's, I love magic. I love all, all types of magic, but there are just certain things that I can't make work. I can't do it. Um, like, you know, any of the serious, super serious, mystical ma- things that when people try to make you feel like it is real magic, it works beautifully for them. For me, I can't. I can't make it work. On the flip side, I can. I, I can do that in a tongue-in-cheek way. You know, I can try to be very serious, but also, you know, that I'm joking. Um, mm-hmm. But because of that, because because I'm, I'm I lean heavy into the comedy, I do afford myself the opportunity at some point in my show to slow things down and to, and to actually not wax philosophical, but to actually say, Hey, th- I'd like to present this to you and just take a different, bring the energy into a different perspective. Um, so definitely comedy. There are great magic tricks that I love, but I can't figure out how to make people laugh with them. And so I won't do it. Um, I would say, I mean, it sounds like. I don't want to give you the wrong impression by saying that I'm a general practitioner, but stand-up magic. I'm very comfortable in a strolling setting at a, you know, at a at a at a nightclub, not a nightclub, but like a cocktail hour, um, or a restaurant. I'm very comfortable there with a deck of cards or some coins, uh, you know, one-on-one stuff. Behind the bar, I'm also very comfortable. Um, but the common denominator there is is high impact, high energy funny magic. Um, and to me that's the most important thing. And and theatrically motivated magic. there are uh, with my background in theater, I, cert- I I try to as best I can imbue everything I do from a theater bent or at least I'm trying to look at the arc of the show. I'm looking at the whole the whole piece of the evening trying to go, Okay, even if you know if you're opening for me right and yeah. then you you okay you're gonna do X Y and Z and I'll go okay well if, if Nick's doing that then okay well I'll try to coordinate this and maybe I can maybe I can yank a callback and I'm very good um, I, I I like working off the cuff I don't like working unscripted but I like working from a script and I very much enjoy deviating from the script hmm um, because I can always go back to the script. It's like uh-huh. a roadmap, right? I can, yeah, I'm driving, I'm driving from Pittsburgh to Erie on 79. I'm heading North. But if I get off 79, I pick up 19. I'm still going to get to Erie. Not the way I intended, but I can still do it. You know what? If the road's closed on 19 and I'm not going to get through, I can just back o- get back over to 79 and I'll still make it back, you know? So I do very much enjoy um, audience play and interaction i try to i work a lot of cruise ships um it's tough to say something like this when you're at one location where people where i come to the location like keller's uh Mm -hmm. it's tough to say hey where are you from because everyone's from erie or edinburgh or or you know northeast or somewhere up there but when i'm on a cruise ship i can say hey nice uh sir what is your name and i'll say bob and i'll always ask them how to spell it or i'll try to make a joke out of the name or something um you know he'll say or he'll say uh you know nice to meet you what's your name you'll say nick and i'll go is that one end or two and you'll Good. go uh, it's one and i'm like yeah, hey, i just want to pronounce it correctly i don't want to call you nick you know um i'll try to make a joke out of it and then i'll say where are you from and then you know on a cruise ship la just last week i flew in i flew in last night at 12 30 i landed and hmm. uh uh, people, I had people from Florida and LA and Arizona and Maine and Michigan and Texas and I can I can take anything. I, they said, where are you from? Texas. Well, it's a, it's a big state. Would you care to clarify? South Texas. What's the matter? Are you in witness protection? You don't want to tell me where you're from? El Paso. Was that so hard? You know, so. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Now you've talked a
0: lot of comedy. You sound like a very funny guy. I gotta ask, keeping it audience appropriate, of course, because you never know when a little kid's gonna watch this show. What's a funny story that you have from performing?
1: A funny story that I have from performing. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna check because you asked me to have this prepared and I've mm-hmm. and I've moved my notepad that had all my notes on it. And I want to see if I wrote this down. I didn't. Of course I didn't. I yeah. I, I, thought long and hard about it too. So we, were, we were supposed to, we were going to do this interview a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, a funny thing that happened while I was, I remember. You got it. I remember. <clears throat> I was on a ship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I, um, was doing an effect where I spoke to a, a woman in the audience. And I, I, what, what I said was prior to this, I said, I'll, I'll be able to, I'm going to try to read somebody's mind. I'm sort of, I have this ability. I'm like a human lie detector. I can honestly tell if you are lying or telling the truth. So, and I, I said to this young lady, um, Uh, And I blew it up. And I said, I'm going to ask her a question. I'll be able to tell you folks instantly if she's lying or telling the truth. And um, there's a group of, 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 of girls over in the corner. And I just picked the one that was in the front. And I said, right here, right now, on this stage, do you find yourself... And I make all these grand gestures, making it very clear that I'm about to make a joke. Do you find yourself physically attracted to me? And I want her to say no because I have a joke lined up when she says no. Because she'll say no and I'll go, see folks, she's lying. You can tell she's lying. It's a pupil dilation thing. When you've been doing this as long as I have, you can spot it right away. But instead of that, she just got... She started laughing and it was an uncomfortable laugh. Thankfully she was a good sport about it, but she went, I'm 15. Oh boy.
0: (sighs) What did you, what do you do after that?
1: I did pretty much exactly what I'm doing now. I, I just, I put my head in my hands. The audience thought it was hysterical. I put my head in my hands and I, I just milked it for all it was worth. But I—I I mean, I was—I was more embarrassed for her than for myself. I knew that no one, because the way I set it up, it was not predatory. It was not. Mm-hmm. It was very clearly a joke. Yeah, you weren't no. intending to be like Mister.
0: Hey, come over here. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. Not at all. And and I knew that, so I wasn't upset for me. I was concerned for her, and then I saw that she was laughing, and it was fine. So I just milked it for all it was worth. But what uh, I said, I'm, I, 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 and I just kept stuttering over the word. I was like, I'm speechless. <laughs> um, uh, Well, it was nice working for, it was nice working for you folks. I'll be leaving the ship tomorrow, you know, and. Um, In handcuffs. Yeah. And um, the group of girls came up to me afterwards. And one of them was her older sister. And she's like, just so you know. That was a really easy mistake to make because all of us are over 21. She just is my little sister and came with us to the show. And she's like, guys have been mistaking her for older all crews. So it's not just you. I'm like, thank you. That makes me feel a lot better. But yeah, yeah that was a, that yeah, was
0: a witness. A, so that way. Oh, a witness yeah, that was
1: an interesting, an interesting moment. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I do. I do know I specifically wrote that one down. Um, You know, there's a lot of times where. um, Just you get these ad libs from people. And I mean, sometimes your audience, the audience is your best writer. You know, you let Mm -hmm. the audience write the material. And they just give you some of the most golden lines. Um, Like what? what is an example of a line in my show that they've given me or that I've that, and I've, I've taken it now and it's mine. Boy, it's, it's been so long, but I mean, there's, there's a couple routines that I do that list that exist pretty heavily out in the audience. And I never know how, what's going to happen. There's one that I do where I invite four gentlemen on stage and I quiz them like it's a game show and I have to guess who's the whatever. And they have to lie to me one person lies one person tells the truth and i ask them when uh, what what color uh what's their worst habit when was the last time they made whoopee uh which we have to use the word whoopee so we don't offend the 70 somethings that are generally going to go he can't say that (laughs) um and uh what color underwear are you wearing and so i i've gotten you know sometimes sometimes the string of answers that you get amongst the four guys because you ask them okay question one tw- 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 all four guys question two all four guys question three all four guys so sometimes the string of questions that you ask these guys just gives you its own beautiful comedy arc you know so that's what i like i like being on your, you know being forced to be on my toes like that so nice it's fun nice. yeah
0: now What about spreading positivity through your magic? How have you done that? Can you give us like a feel-good story from your magic? Like a time maybe you've helped someone who was just having that rough day but came to see you and thought something you flip-flopped their day, you know?
1: Uh, I could tell you of a couple instances. I mean, first of all, if you're a kid and you come to see my show and you want to talk to me afterwards and there's a line of people behind you, if you're behind that child, you might as well leave because I'll spend – all evening talking to that kid about magic, if that's what he wants to talk about. If he wants to come up with a deck and say, "Can I show you a trick?" Everyone else might as well go home because I'm going to spend as much time talking to that kid as as he wants. Um, there was I, I can think of I can think of uh, two instances. One was several years ago. I did a, a children's hospital uh, event, which is always tough to do um, in in Georgetown, uh, Virginia, just outside of DC. And, um, I went and I did my stuff and there was this little boy and his name was Marcus and he had a flashlight and he didn't enjoy, he didn't visually seem to be enjoying my show. Um, but he had his flashlight. He came up to me afterwards and I said, what is that? He said, it's my flashlight. I said, well, you know, that's a magic flashlight. You can control the light inside there. And I don't have a flashlight to be able to show you. I don't think, no. But uh, I said, here, I'll try to do it with my phone. I t- So I turned the I turned the light on and I said, you know what you can do? You can take the light out of the phone. You can just go like this, just, or take the light out. And I, come on, do it. That's oh, not working now. I'll try like <laughs> this. I said, here, watch. And I took it out. I said, you can throw it back too. Right. So I did that with a flashlight. Um, And so I did stuff like, look, you can take the light and you can throw it up. And I turned it on and his eyes lit up and he just thought it And I showed him how to do it. And all I'm doing is turning the flashlight on and off and his eyes lit up and he thought that was so cool. And his mom came up to me afterwards and she said he that's the first time I've seen him smile in a month. Wow. Because I turned a flashlight on for a kid. Creatively, you know. Um the other the other story that is much that is more recent. Uh, I was on a I was on a cruise, um, and there was a an announcement over the shipwide announcement that said that they needed um, anyone that had a negative blood, uh, they were desperately needed for a blood transfusion for a a, a very ill passenger. I'm a negative, but because I was a member of the of the crew, they wouldn't let me. Um, they didn't want to we weren't allowed to cross-contaminate for legal reasons I suppose yeah. I said if it became if it became truly if no one came forward they would take mine because a negative is very rare um and uh, they had to evacuate the gentleman the helicopter came and he left and um, that was the last we heard of him and I did my show and in my show I borrow money and i uh, at the end of the show, it ends up in a lemon, and I tell that story about my grandfather, and I expand upon it a little bit. And after, I, after the show, if I can, I always will go out and meet the audience and say hello, shake hands, or whatever, um, or fist bump, as is the way of the day. And, mm-hmm. um, a gentleman came up to me who gave me the money, and he said, I just want to let you know that you know, my dad was the one that got flown out that got flown out. I said, Oh my goodness, how uh, is everything? Okay. He said, he didn't make it. Um, and I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. He said, thank you. Uh, it's been a really tough week, but that being a part of your show was exactly what I needed to sort of pick me up and just help me forget for a long time. And that's sort of that him saying that sort of vindicated. of course it made me feel wonderful for being able to help, of course, in whatever mm-hmm. way I can help someone get over the grief of their father that they just lost, I can't imagine. But,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it also sort of vindicated me in the in the sense that, see, sometimes being silly and goofy, is just as if not more important than, being serious and reaching into your mind and re- you know, that, like what that color my real magic player? thing? Yeah. yeah, you know, like make someone, make people laugh, make someone happy, you know? Exactly.
0: And that's the point of a good entertainer. You know, like I was a professional clown and that was my goal. If I can make someone just laugh for one hour and just forget their troubles, forget what's going on outside the world. And that's the, one of the missions of buddy cast just come enjoy a show, listen to a good interview between two buddies who are just chatting along, you know, rather than like we created buddy cast during the pandemic. And it was a time when everything was, it was around the time when everything was going to pots. So let's not lie. You know, mm-hmm. everything was just going on. We just decided this world just needs a feel good story. People have messaged us the whole nine yards. I was having such a bad day. I was just everything. I had a terrible day at work. I had this, I came home, made dinner, saw that you were on with one of my good friends or someone that I saw at like Keller's or something like that. Tuned it in laughed so much. I don't think I laughed that much in, weeks or something like that or sure even as a practicing comedian you know i did an online i actually have a story for you i did an online uh show once just because you know hey i'm just practicing on my comedy's not that serious so why not just put it online Sharpen the tools. yeah yeah exactly just throw it online who cares and i had a lady who's been on the show before who at the time was battling cancer and she messaged me back and said, you know, I had a rough day today. I had a, I had an appointment today. I had to go get some work done, all this stuff. I came home and was just tired. I w- fell asleep a little bit. I woke up, saw that you were going live on comedy, tuned in. And that was the laugh that I needed today. Thank you so much for just helping me forget everything. Just helping me forget what's going on outside and just laugh. That's what I needed today. That's when you know you're an entertainer. If you can That's make right. someone forget their troubles for whether it's a death in the family, whether it's what they're going through. If you can just make them forget for just that time period and just laugh and have a good time, you know, sure. you've That's made right. it. Mm-hmm. Now, buddy, let's promote you a little bit. How I, What are some upcoming shows that you've got that you can tell us about?
1: Oh, man. Well, uh, big news. Actually, Uh, I just got asked to um, be on the inaugural cruise of the uh, Discovery Princess, which is the brand new ship that Princess Cruises is putting out Um, uh, at the the end of the month. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite an honor to be asked to do that. Um, And I've got I'll be at Keller's at the end of the at the end of April and uh, for two weekends so i'll be there like i said i'm featuring for somebody on the first i can't remember who it is off the top of my head for the third weekend but the last weekend i'm i'm the headliner um and then i'm doing a lot of i'm, I'm going back and forth doing a lot of doing a lot of cruises i'm con- i'm currently consulting uh with the pittsburgh clo the the big theater here in town on their production of Godspell. Uh, they want some magic in the show and so the director uh, and the the producer of the CLO and the director reached out to me, and asked me if I would be involved with that. Uh, and so, in fact, right. I just had a I just had a meeting with them this morning. I flew in last night at midnight, and I had a nine o'clock breakfast meeting today. So right. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long forty eight hours, but we're get, we're getting mm-hmm. through it. Um, and so I'll be doing that. That's that that show runs July twelfth through the seventeenth here in Pittsburgh. Um, otherwise, you know, unfortunately, I don't do a lot of public performance. Uh, it's, mm. it's tough to, you know, when I work on a ship, it's public, but it's, it's not public, public, you know what I mean? You have to be yeah. on the ship and you don't book your ship. You don't book your cruise cause you know who the entertainer is. You book your cruise cause you know where the ship's going, you know? exactly. Um, and so I, I do a lot of that. And then my, the other bulk of my business is, is corporate. So mm. I do a lot of trade shows and I do a lot of sales meetings and a lot of, uh, product launches and company picnics and rewards picnics and all of that stuff. I have a, I have a couple companies where I'm sort of like the, um, sort of like the mascot, you know, internal, the internal mascot. So, um, so it's tough for me to be able to say, Hey, I'm performing, Hey, come and see me, you know? So if you want to see me in the near future, the last two weekends of April, I'll be at Keller's I'll be on stage and behind the bar both weekends. So.
0: Beautiful. Let me know when you're in town. We'll have a drink or something. You know,
1: sounds great. Yeah, that yep. sounds great, man.
0: Now, buddy, I gotta ask. I asked all the magicians that come on the show. Could you give us a little demonstration? Give us oh. a little trick.
1: Oh, geez, I couldn't possibly. I don't. I'm not prepared. I don't have anything with me. I oh, these <laughs> I could. I could. We'll see how we'll see how this goes. All right. Let's see. We're gonna we'll, we'll do our best to do a card trick through the through the through the screen here. Um, Sounds but good. You, okay, so we've got our deck of cards. If you would um let's try it like this. Just say stop. That Okay, we're going to say that that is your card. You mm-hmm. got it? Don't forget. Yep. It. Am I, I I'm trying not to look, but is it in the camera? Got it. Yep. Okay, good. I'm going to put it on the deck. Good. We'll get it into the into the center of the deck. Now, I have a very important question for you. Listen carefully. Can you snap your fingers? Oh, he did it. I didn't ask you to snap your fingers. I just said, can you snap your fingers? That's okay. The magic's happened quick. You see, because now inside this deck, there's one card and one card only. With a blue back. Ooh. Yeah, you're darn right, Ooh. (laughs) For the very first time, what was the card that you saw? The Queen of Diamonds. The Queen of diamonds the only card in the deck with the blue back we'll try it again i have one blue card we'll just set that there for a second one blue card there uh let's try this one more time say stop stop top or bottom bottom remember that one you got it yep yeah yeah you got get it. it okay good same rules apply anytime you like uh just snap your fingers Done. Take a look. We've got one card and one card only in the middle of the deck that has turned blue. One card. One card in the middle of the deck. Hold on, let me turn like this. I know there's one blue card. One blue card. One blue card. What was your card? The six of hearts.
0: Six of hearts. Say what?
1: Uh, uh. Ah! The crowd goes wild. Awesome job! Oh, thank you, thank you. These, mm-hmm. incidentally, that was the first trick that I did with my. Um, I just acquired a large assortment of my favorite cards. I know it's weird. I have a favorite. I have a favorite deck of cards, and they are these. These mm-hmm. cards. They are, believe it or not, stud cards, which is probably why I like them. <laughs> um, stud cards made by Walgreens. Walgreens huh. makes these. Or I should say, they made them. They don't make these anymore. But I found a guy who had a stash of them on eBay, and I reached out and i i got about 48 decks you know wow. and uh so yeah it was very that's the very first first time in 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 three years probably that i've done magic with a deck of stud cards nice so, nice you know <laughs>
0: yeah. now buddy we got to make this an official buddy cast i got two more questions okay. the first right. one is two more answers by, the first one is brought to us by our buddy jonas kane from hashtag Positivity. He wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy?
1: What does it mean to be somebody's buddy? I would say that it means um, it means that you are uh, available and uh, there when necessary, and you probably know when is necessary. You know, yeah. you, you, you get that phone call and you go, hey, do you want to talk? And You're like, oh, I got something to do. It's like, OK, I'll talk to you later. Or you get that phone call. Hey, do you, uh, hey, you want to talk? And it's like, I've got something to do. I'll talk to you later. Oh, OK. Oh, you need to talk now? OK, I great. Drop my plans. What do you need? You know, so yeah. that is that is that my is answer to buddy. that question.
0: That is a buddy. And now, buddy, we come to what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Ready for this?
1: Well, uh, yes, I'm. I'm, I was born ready.
0: All righty, for anyone out there who wants to be a magician, what is your advice to
1: them? Go into medicine. No, (laughs) um, if you want to be a magician, you've got to read. Um, and I know that that's not the answer that anyone wants to hear because right now we live in the TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I'm thinking about uh uh I'm thinking about combining all of them and calling it tick me off you twit face. But <laughs> um but um but I you gotta read and and i know like i will meet some young some young magicians and they come to me and they want to learn something or they say what kind of advice do you have and i say well where do you learn your magic and a lot of times they'll say something like youtube tutorials or something like that and it's not that that's a problem because there are some really talented folks out there teaching things on youtube the part of the problem is is it theirs to teach or have they purchased the trick and now they're exposing it and they and which is first first of all unethical but second of all, they're probably not even teaching it the right way because they didn't create it and, and it isn't theirs to teach. So there's a lot of stuff that they're probably glossing over when they just get to the point where they say, well, this card has to be here or whatever. Um, and then there's, you know, and then there's a, with like TikTok, there's the, the advent of, of magic that happens in in this box from this angle. The trick that I just did for you, I could do for you in person. I could do it surrounded. In fact, I do it at the bar at Keller's on occasion. I could do it with your deck of cards. You know what I mean? So a lot of the stuff you see on TikTok or on YouTube can literally only be seen because you are looking through a camera or you are looking through uh, into a very specific. They forced your perspective and that's all you can see. If you were looking from the side, it would look it would look awful. Um, again, that doesn't mean that that's bad magic. It just means that if that's what you limit yourself to, you're not going to end up, you're not going to be as well-rounded as you could be. Uh, You know, I've got, a, uh, have got four bookshelves full of, uh, of stuff. There's stuff up here that I have, haven't read because who can read this many books, but I like to have them because I like to have things. Um, but you know, there's, there's the Tarbell Course in Magic, which are these old books. And anytime I recommend them to anybody, they're like, oh, that's so old and it's tough to read. And it is tough to read. But if you want to learn it, do it. Um, the greatest book on magic that's ever been written to in, that has inspired more magicians uh, than anybody else. Uh, any other book in throughout history, I think, is the Amateur Magician's Handbook by Henry Hay. It's not in print any longer, but you can find it on eBay or, you know, you can find it secondhand probably for around $20, $30 a copy. Um, and it's got some really, really, really terrific magic in it. If you want to, uh, if you want to learn more about magic, find a magician that you can talk to find somebody that's in the field and speak to them. And that's harder than it sounds because how often do you see live magic? You just don't. We're, um, and by nature, we're a secret of society. Our whole, our whole world of magic is built on secrets. So you know, reach out to me. My email is michael at miscomagic.com. M-I-S-K-O-M-A-G-I-C.com. Drop me a line. Tell me you saw me here. And uh, anybody in Nix is a buddy of mine. So uh, I'll be happy to help guide you any way that I can. If I don't know an answer to a question, I'll tell you that, you know, and I'll, I'll send you somewhere else or I'll try to help you find the answer. Um, but, but putting your nose into a book, because here's, and here's the other thing. If even even with videos like there are several magicians that offer downloadable tutorials and things or years ago they offered dvds or years and years ago they offered vhs tapes you remember those mm-hmm. and but what would end up happening okay. is you'd you'd get these you'd get these little disciples of people that would go forward and if you learned something from me you ended up performing it exactly the way i did it with my cadence and my jokes and my whatever which is fine that you're doing my stuff cuz it doesn't affect me because my lines work for me and it won't work for you most likely. But if it does, good for you. Um, but if you read it in a book, everyone is immediately going to put their own different interpretation on it and understand how it they're all going to understand how it functions differently. Um, and so it, it it inspires a lot more creativity from that end. So, yeah, it's not a very exciting answer. But if you really want to get into magic, get, pick up a book. It. Pick up a book, find a club, a local club, you know, go to the international brotherhood of magicians.com. They've got rings all over the country where you can meet. You can go to meetings society of American magicians. You can do the same thing. Um, there, I mean, there's, there are, we're everywhere. Enthusiasts, professionals, you know, when in doubt, show up at your local cracker barrel on a Tuesday at five and you'll probably find a group of magicians meeting and cups of coffee and decks of cards flinging everywhere.
0: (laughs) Sounds awesome. That's it. Thank you so, so much for being a buddy here on buddy Cash. You're not a guest. You're a buddy. You're an official buddy now.
1: All right. Do I get a t-shirt?
0: I'll give you a wristband. (laughs) How about that?
1: Good. That's good. That's good. I'll take it.
0: Sounds good, and buddy. Before we end the show, I have one favor to ask you. Yes. Whatever sir. you do today, tomorrow, this week, next week, next month, whatever you do, go be someone's buddy. I can do it. Alrighty. This is my buddy Michael Misko. Please, if he's in your area, catch him. You won't be disappointed. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. This has been another episode of Buddy Cast. And like I told Michael, go be someone's buddy. We'll catch you here next time on everybody's favorite show, Buddy Cast. Well, the world has still gone bloody, Buddy Buddy, even downright cruddy Buddy Buddy. Wish I missed the past Buddy Buddy, but there's still
1: Buddy Cast. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy Cast.
0: Hey buddies, you're thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.